It is good to be home. Praise God. Um, the um, yeah, that's that's it right there. Welcome home. I love that. I love that. So it was that just for me. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. It's been a little bit of time, praise God, but it's such an honor uh, to stand before you uh, once again. And so we appreciate uh, Pastor Hoffman and uh, the ministry staff here. Uh, Man, we appreciate the whole church. Everyone has been so wonderful uh, to us uh, over the years. And it's hard to believe that uh, it's been, I see here, 12 years now. Wow. (laughs) So we were here for 15 and we're in Detroit for now 12 years. And so um, a number of you have come uh, to be a part of our ministry at First Praise and helping us uh, to reach the loss for the kingdom of God. And we want you to know that, man, we we so much appreciate it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, touch somebody tonight. I sense your presence, God. I'm asking you right now, Lord God, help somebody to feel after you. For your word says that happily they will find you. Strengthen us all together by the power of your spirit. Let your blood prevail even now in the name of Jesus. Touch our hearts, touch our minds. We ask you to do it now. Let everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. Um, so good to see Mom Hoffman. God bless you, ma'am. We love you so very dearly. Praise God. And uh, our good friends, the Maurice, who uh, actually are the reason uh, we were at First Church in the first place. And so we want to say we appreciate you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you wouldn't mind standing in reverence to the reading of the Word of God, we're going to jump right in because we got a lot of ground to cover, and I'm hoping we can get through everything. If not, uh, we will uh, certainly uh, worship and pray at the end of the service, Um, but feel like we have a word from the Lord for you. Isaiah 53 says this. It says, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, And as a root out of dry ground, he hath no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Verse 5 says this, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. 
All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Don't tell me you've been you've always walked the straight and narrow. Don't tell me you haven't made a mistake. Hallelujah. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Like to just preach to you for a short time. My wife probably says it's going to be a long time, but a short time on this topic. Wounded. Wounded. Lord, be with us here today. Strengthen us. Touch our hearts. Touch our minds. We ask you to do it all in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. Wounded. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. All through life's journey from earth to glory. For the longest time, my only heart's desire was and still is to be like Jesus. The lyrics of the song says, I'm striving each day to be an example in every way. And even though I'm facing my test, I'm trying my best to be like Jesus. I want to walk like Jesus walked. I want to talk like Jesus talked. Pastor Hoffman told me one time, he said, you know, when we say we want to be like Jesus, sometimes we don't really understand uh, what we're talking about. Sometimes we don't really know what we're asking when we say we want to be like Jesus. And uh, I oftentimes think because people come to me all the time, Pastor Pittman, can you pray that I have patience? And, uh, you know, of course, we've learned here that, uh, you know, when you pray for patience, you better look for tribulation to come because the Bible says tribulation worketh patience. And so people, patience is going to come. Praise God. Don't pray for it. Hallelujah. Because you start praying for patience and all kinds of things start happening for you to get patience. Praise God. People pray. Hallelujah for all kinds of things. Uh, I've been uh, accused of having a anointing of jobs on my life. And so uh, and I, I say that because when I pray for people and, and they need to get a job, uh, they usually get it. And so. Uh, you know, I, I used to pray for folks, Lord, bless them with this job and, and help them with this particular occupation. Uh, but, uh, you know, brother, I stopped praying that prayer because people get the job and then they can't come to church. It, it, it's like when folks are, are broke and, and, and uh, 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 depressed because they don't have a job, then they, they come to church. The Bible says that that uh, there were folks that were in debt. They were uh, distressed and discontented. They came to David. They they came to a place, praise God, where they can they can uh, uh, talk it out. Praise God. Maybe David was going to help them. And that's what people people do when they don't have a job or they don't have money. The church doors are wide open they come in but soon well I, all right I'm not I'm not talking to anybody in here though these it's just, yeah, they ain't here anyway right <laughs> pastor why are you talking to us yeah I've stopped praying for people to get jobs because man sometimes you get the job and you allow the job to become your God the Bible says he is despised 
and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And when we when we think about being like Jesus, we don't think about that aspect of it. At the cross nailed there for the sins of mankind, nail scarred hands, nailed scarred feet, spear piercing his side, bruised and wounded. On the cross there, Eli, Eli, Sabachthani, why hast thou forsaken me? Why do I feel deserted? Why do I feel abandoned? We don't think about that. Everything that the Lord endured, the heartache, the pain that he went through. Can you just imagine they chose a murderer over him? The pain of the whip, the words that cut like a knife. And I don't know who came up with that uh, nursery rhyme. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. They, they, they haven't been through some of the situations that I've been through. Words can kill people. This tongue that we have in our mouth is one of the most deadly weapons that a person can ever have if they use it in the wrong way. There are, there are children that could have been uh, uh, great and wonderful, but because their parents talked down to them, they, 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 they didn't uh, reach the level that they needed to reach. There are people that, 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 that people tell them, oh, you're nothing, you're nobody. And, and, and it was no different with Jesus when, 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 when he was about to go to the cross. They, they, they talked about him and they, they, they mocked him and they, they spit on him. And, and they said this. They said, his blood be upon us and upon our children. And I, I, as I began to think about this, I, I began to think about the words that they would spew upon him. And, and man, sometimes those words pierced like a knife. They killed him even before he was dead with their words. We have to watch the things that come out of our mouth, people. We've got to be careful. And I don't know about uh, you all, but we've run into some uh, cussing Christians in Detroit. Wow, I have never run into so many people that claim to love God and uh, don't know the scripture that says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but such that is edifying unto the Lord. They skip that part and they go to the, you're like, what kind of God are you serving? That would cause that type of vulgar language to come out of your mouth. And, 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 and they, 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 they talked about him and they mocked him while he was there. They killed him, even broke his heart. And then they said, his blood be upon us and our children. And they just, they didn't realize the prophecy that they were prophesying, hallelujah. Because the blood still flows even today, hallelujah. Somebody said it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. That same blood gives us strength from day to day, hallelujah. And it's never gonna lose its power. 
Hallelujah. From that day to now, hallelujah, the blood is still powerful. And when I'm going through a situation in my life, praise God, I'll just shout out the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Because as I begin to say it, the power of that blood begins to well up inside of me. And I understand that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. His blood be upon us and our children. He went through it all. He went through all of it for the resurrection. And that's the part we love. All the other stuff. When we say we want to be like Jesus, we we put that by the wayside. But the resurrection, we want that, praise God. Why? Because we know that there's power that comes with the resurrection. There's new life that comes with the resurrection. We want all of that, praise God. But he went through everything he went through, praise God. All the ridicule, all the pain, all the bruises, all the whipping, all the wounds. He went through it all just to get the keys of hell and death. The Bible says in Luke chapter 10, verse 25, a religious scholar stood before Jesus in order to test his doctrines. He posed this question. He said, teacher, what requirement must I fulfill if I want to live forever in heaven? So in other words, what what do I need to do if I'm going to make it into your kingdom? And, and man, the world that we're living in right now, I, I really don't think people are, they're thinking about that. They're going about their business and they're doing all kinds of things. But here this man, he comes to the Lord and he says, what, must I, what requirement must I fulfill if I want to live forever in heaven? Jesus replied, what do you read in the law? And I love that. I love that because I know this is the Bible church, praise God. And uh, I learned, praise God, to study the Bible here. Praise God. I learned, praise God, that uh, listen, don't just listen to the man of God up here. Go home, study it for yourself, flesh it out, ask questions. I learned all that here at First Church, praise God, and I appreciate that. There are more people, praise God, that need, praise God, to, to have their own devotion at home. Amen. Amen. There are more people that need to study their Bible at home, praise God. The B-I-B-L-E, and we all know uh, what that acronym is, right? You know what it is? Yeah, some people are saying it. Basic instructions before leaving earth. There are folks that are living this life and walking this walk, and, and, and they only come on certain days of the week. And uh, uh, don't go home and pick up the manual that's going to cause them to make it out of this world. I don't know about you, praise God. There are some things that I try to do on my own. And uh, I'm talking about building things. Hallelujah. I remember one time our, our lawnmower went on the fritz. And instead of me getting the book. To try to find out what was going on. I tried to tear everything apart. How many of you know I ended up taking it in to the uh, person? Can you put this back together again? Because I done messed up everything. 
And that's that's how some people are with their lives. They they just Lord, I just look and, and thank God there's a church that they can come to and just come to an altar and say, God, look, I've messed up everything. I, I don't know how to put it all back together. What to God? Somebody would come to their senses in this world and understand that your answer is not in uh, uh, some uh, 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 laws and and all these different things that's going on. Uh, I was listening. Listening to the lady the other day, her son went to the high school there uh, that the person went in and and did this carnage. And 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 I love what she said. She said, the problem is they took prayer out of school. She said what they need to do is bring prayer back into the school. Got all these, everybody got gun rights, and I'm look, I'm all for all of that. I've got uh, my axe and my 238s. I'm all for it, praise God. But those things aren't gonna solve the, the, the issues of our world right now. Hallelujah. It's gonna take a basic instruction before leaving earth. It's gonna take somebody to put their nose in the book, praise God, and understand that God, hallelujah, came to this earth, hallelujah, died on the cross that our sins might be forgiven. He, Jesus told him, he says, what do you read in the law? He says, how do you understand it? Because reading it is important, but man, understanding, the Bible says, in all that you do, get understanding, hallelujah. How do you understand it? The religious scholar answered, it says, it states, you must love the Lord God with all your heart, all your passion, this is another translation, all your passion and all your energy and all your, and your every thought. And you must love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, that's correct. Now go and do exactly that and you will live. Wanting to justify himself, he questioned Jesus further saying, what do you mean by our neighbor? Another translation says he was looking for a loophole. And that isn't that just like our world? Man, the, the Lord will tell you one thing, but you, you trying to find another way. Hallelujah. You trying to find a different direction. Hallelujah. The Bible says that broad is the way that leads to destruction and narrow is the way that leads to life everlasting. There's another portion of scripture that says there is a way that seems right to man. But they see, because in your mind, you can this is the right way to go. Forget the Bible. This is the right way to go. But the end thereof, the Bible says, are the ways of death. And so and so we spend all this time, not we, I'm talking about other people, spend all their time spinning their wheels, chasing after all kinds of other things except for God. Hallelujah. I love the scripture that says, as the deer pants after the water book, so my soul longs after thee, O God. We've got to, I was talking to our prayer share group last night out of Romans and picked it up in the Passion Version. There's a portion of that scripture that says we should have a boiling hot passion towards God. Where are the people who are passionate about God? I don't care what's going on in my life. I'm going to make it in the church. I don't care what's going on in my life. I'm going to make it to prayer. I don't care what's going on in my life. I'm going to reach somebody for the kingdom's sake. Where are the passionate people? 
He was looking for a loophole. Jesus replied, there was once a Jewish man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho when bandits robbed him along the way. They beat him severely, stripped him naked, and left him for dead. And for me, that's an analogy of the world because there are people, and I see it every day, it grieves me, it grieves me. There are people that are more excited about the Detroit Lions. Come on, come on. The Detroit Lions, they haven't won a game. But you will sit in front of the TV, God forbid you paid for a ticket, I get, I get tickets for free, so they send them to me all the time, right? The, the game is at one, and I don't even offer them to anybody. First of all, because it's Sunday, and my service starts at 2.30, and I'm definitely not going to be offering no football tickets to anybody <laughs> to go to some football game over church. But the world we live in, Lord, I'm just, I'm talking about the people that I'm dealing with right now. I'm, I ain't talking about anybody here because they probably ain't here anyway. <laughs> Trying to find a loophole. Well, I can make it to the game. I could be there for an hour and a half and see them lose that time. And then I can make it. To, no, just don't go. How about you come to church and come around the old-fashioned altar? Y'all, we dance. Do y'all dance over here? We dance at first praise. Hallelujah. We, we got a little dance train that goes around at first. Y'all, anybody worship over here? Y'all, anybody praise the Lord? Anybody got the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. I know y'all sure enough got the Holy Ghost. Praise God. But the, what the world does is it strips you and, and it makes you feel like you, you're naked and, and you're just all alone. And the Bible says here, this is what happened to that man. They beat him severely, stripped him naked, left him for dead. The Bible says uh, soon. A Jew, what, what time y'all get out here? Ten. Mom, what time is it? You just go for it. Soon, a Jewish priest walking the same road came upon the wounded man. And that's, that's what happens to us. It could happen. Look, we could be in the church, praise God, and, and, and we, could, we could leave our first love. We could, we could walk away from our first estate and, 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 and we become wounded. We become wounded. And, and I love the fact that I spent uh, 22 years in the Air Force. The, you know, the one thing that I learned about being in the military is you never leave the wounded. You, you hardly leave somebody that has died, but you never, you never leave the wounded. You never leave the wounded. There's always somebody there. And as a matter of fact, look, even before the conflict, they teach you how to care for the wounded. 
They teach you in case somebody falls in battle, how to carry them and, and how to how to make sure that that person is going to make it to where they need to be so they can get back home. But here the Bible says that they stripped this man naked, left him from dead. And then a Jewish priest, some some religious person came walking down the same road and he came upon the wounded man. Seeing him from a distance, the priest crossed to the other side of the road and walked right past him. Not turning to help him one bit. And I, I know there's nobody here like that, praise God. That, that you see somebody out there and, 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 and you know they need God. And man, look, I, 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 look, I'll pray for somebody in Walmart. I don't care where it is. I, look, I don't, it could be at the gas station. I remember Mom O'Keefe, praise God. God bless her soul. Some of y'all don't know her. She, she met uh, this couple, Sanvi and Kasiwa. She met them at the gas station and began to pray for them and uh, affected their life. Hallelujah. We got to be willing, hallelujah, to, 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 to get a prayer through. for some, Is anybody praying for your neighbors lately? Anybody had a godly conversation with your neighbors lately? This Jewish priest, he went across the street. Oh, I ain't got nothing to do with that. Wow, that's going to take a little bit too much time. We, we can't be that way can't be that way. Later, a religious man, a Levite, came walking down the same road and likewise crossed to the other side to pass by the wounded man without stopping to help him. Finally, another man, a Samaritan, and, and, and they pointed out here uh, in the concordance that a Samaritan was somebody that nobody really wanted to have anything to do with at all. But but here here, this wounded man didn't have a choice, of course, the, the Samaritan came upon him, uh, the bleeding man and was moved with tender compassion for him. He stooped down and gave him first aid, poured olive oil in his wounds, disinfecting them with wine and bandaging them to stop the bleeding, lifting him up and placing him on his own donkey and brought him to an inn. And he took him uh, from his donkey and carried him to the room for the night. And the next morning, he took his own money from his wallet, gave it to the innkeeper with these words take care of him until I come back from my journey if it costs more than this I will repay you when I return so now tell me this is what Jesus said to the man tell me which of the three men who saw the wounded man prove to be the true neighbor wow that's a sermon in and of itself Amen. hallelujah who will come to the aid of the wounded Hallelujah. That's what you did when my son passed away. Wow. My wife went, and I were, we were in uh, Dayton, Ohio. We were, we were in the parking lot of Walmart. We had, we had just went in. You know, uh, Lysol was like gold at the height of the pandemic. And so we went in. They had Lysol everywhere, and there was no limit. So we went in. We, we grabbed up about 40 cans. We would give it to people, just, just pass it out to people. And we left there about 11 o'clock at night. We got a call from a private number. And, and I usually don't answer calls from private numbers, but I answered this call, and it was the deputy on the other line. And uh, 
Y'all pray for my son, Landon. He is, he has been going through it for nine months. Wow. The deputy told us, he, we, they said it was Landon because it was Landon's car. And we don't know if there was a, a malfunction with the vehicle or, or really what happened. All we know is my son uh, was rear-ended and, and he lost his life that night. And the, uh, the deputy told us that he was gone. And, and, and mom, we, we drove around that parking lot. We drove around, we just, we, we did, the hotel was right down the street. We didn't know, we didn't know what to do. We like, how could this happen to us? We live for God. We love God. We, we try to do what's right. We, Lord, how, how, how did this happen to us? And, and you talking about wounded, I, I felt like at that point, I needed somebody to carry me. I needed somebody to, to lift me up. And, and man, the Bible talks about our children, our, our children come from my loins. And that's where the pain was. It was, it was deep within our loins and, and it hurt so bad. And, and we finally got a chance to get just a couple of hours of sleep and got up the next morning and, and began to call our other children and let them know what happened and call pastor and let him know what happened. And, and man, at that point, hallelujah, I know he got the word out to everybody. At that point, the Bible says that the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. And at that point, praise God, those prayers began to give us strength. And even though we were wounded, the prayers of the saints of God, hallelujah, began to affect our lives. And even though we were wounded, hallelujah, we were not in distress, hallelujah, and we understood that there were some people back at home, hallelujah. We're talking uh, our... My brother Parsons told us, he said earlier, he said, this is where our roots were. And he's absolutely correct. Hallelujah. This is where our roots and this is where we our roots really pretty much stay. Hallelujah. We branched out. But praise God, this has been home for us. And let me just tell you, you all came together, wrapped us in your arms. My wife and I, we had to go to the to morgue to view my son. And, and she just collapsed. And man, I just made a couple more. Phone. Can y'all pray, please? Can y'all? And this, those prayers just helped us. And then you all called and just, man, uh, you just name anything we needed. You all were there. When you're talking about the Samaritan, that's what you were. You were the Samaritan. You lifted us up. Praise God. You raised us up and you helped us, hallelujah, to be strong in the midst of a situation that was so tragic. But you were there. You came to the aid of the wounded. And then people would ask, how could you be so strong? But you didn't see the tears in the midnight hour. You didn't feel that intense pain in the pit of your stomach. Hallelujah. But you were there to raise us up. Hallelujah. Let me just tell you, when people go through situations like this, 
they go to a bottle. Hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about? Alcohol. Hallelujah. When people go through things like this, they go to a joint. Hallelujah. Anybody know what a joint is? I'm so, I'm, mom, I'm so sick of marijuana everywhere I go. I smell it. I hate it. I hate it. And, and I drive past the dispensary uh, uh, on the way to church because it's like a dispensary almost on every corner. And there's more people there sometimes that's in our parking lot. And I'm saying, Lord, have mercy. But we didn't have to go to a bottle. We didn't have to go to a joint. Hallelujah. We went to the master physician. Hallelujah. And that's where we got our strength. And that's where we continue to get our strength. The Bible says that the strong out of the infirmities of the weak. When we were down and wounded, you lifted us up. And gave us strength. To carry on. Hallelujah. The Lord told us, although you feel forsaken, hallelujah. All you feel, although you might feel let down, hallelujah. I'm, I keep looking up there because I'm used, oh, the clock is there. I'm used to seeing it up there. Praise God. I got a whole nother hour. Praise God. <laughs> is that right? Okay, all right. She said, no, pastor, I'm ready for the worship. I've been working. I'm ready for you. Hey, you can get it in while you can right now. Hallelujah. You ain't got to wait. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Although we're forsaken, but we're not cast down. We're not destroyed because the Lord is there with us to lift us up on eagle's wings. Hallelujah. And, and uh, even though we feel forsaken, he says, I'm with you. And I love it because he says, I am. Anybody remember he said that I am? Whatever you need me to be, I am. You need a provider. I am Jehovah Jireh. You need a healer. Hallelujah. You need a deliverer. You need some salvation. I am Jesus. Whatever you need him to be, he says, what? I am. I am. And the thing we've got to remember when we're wounded, praise God, he says, I am. But then he wants you to be who you are called to be. Hallelujah. He called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. And even in our wounded state, hallelujah, we knew and understood. I'm a child of the king. Hallelujah. We're kings and priests in him. I can't stay down. Hallelujah. I got to rise up. Why? Because I've got to be an example for somebody else. You be who I called you to be. The Bible talks about the blind man. He was on the roadside. He heard that Jesus was going to be coming. And, and uh, it stirred him up inside. He, he'd been in this condition his whole life. And, and man, this was his shot. This was his chance. Wounded all of his life, displaced his whole life. And then he just, he knew Jesus was coming. And that's why it's so important for us to be disciples. We got to tell people, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And then just maybe somebody will say, you know what? Let me, let me, Jesus, I need you. 
And, and, and as he began to cry out, they began to try to quiet him. And I, man, don't you hate those people that, that, that like a, uh, they get upset. Well, like Michael, she saw David dancing. She was like, oh, pfft, you look so disgusting. I, I'm paraphrasing. She didn't say exactly. I'm just thinking she might say it. Look at you dancing all out your clothes. Hallelujah. She didn't know, hallelujah, uh, David's great, 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 uh, five great, great, great grandfathers got them kicked out of church. So now this is his chance. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Mom Hoffman, folks don't know the reason I hate uh, marijuana so much. My dad, and a lot of people don't know this was one of the biggest distributors of marijuana when it was illegal when I was a young boy. In my house, I saw bricks of marijuana stacked up. I saw people, Sister Val, get hurt, and, and God forbid, I know people got shot up. I never heard about people getting killed, at least by my dad, because he didn't go to jail for murder or anything. Thank God for that. But. The reason I, I hate it so much is because that was the life that I lived and I've seen how it destroys people and people say, oh, well, you know, people need it because they got this and you know. I let the doctors deal with that. Right. But there are some people that just do it because they just trying to get high. And believe you me, it gets you high. It will get you high. But let me just tell you, I got the Holy Ghost when I was 16 years old, brother. And I had a joint before I was 16. There was no feeling like the feeling of the Holy Ghost. When I, when I got the Holy Ghost, it was tingles. I feel it right now. Tingles all over my body. I felt so full. I felt so complete. I felt whole. And I've been running ever since. So you come too late to tell me that alcohol gonna make you. Look, I remember my face on the side of the toilet. On the side of the toilet? What? My wife is OCD. What kind of unsanitary drunk? That's bad. <laughs> Not good. Not good. I, did I tell y'all about the time I was in the Philippines? I was in the Philippines and just it was hot and and i got thirsty so i ran into this little place and uh uh the guy said well you want to um you want an iced tea i said sure give me one of them iced teas he filled it up and ice and everything and i sucked that thing down so fast. i was so i was so hot and and and, and, and thirsty i sucked that thing down so quick mommy Put it down on there. It's like, man, that was good. Give me another one. Feel that. He said, you sure? I said, yeah. He said, feel that thing up again. I sucked that thing down again. And about that time, I couldn't feel my face. I said, what, what was in that? I thought so I understand when people slur their speech because they drunk. That was me. I didn't realize the guy had gave me a Long Island iced tea. 
and I sucked down two of them in probably three minutes. They had to carry me out of there, Brother Makito. But at 16, when I got the Holy Ghost, Brother David, when I got the Holy Ghost at 16, they had to carry me out of the upper room. I was, whoo, I was like, man, I ain't never felt nothing like this before. The alcohol made me numb, but the Holy Ghost made me alive forevermore. Woo. It's been a long time since I was 16 and I still feel it today. Alcohol don't do that for you. A joint don't do that for you. Hallelujah. Leave, leave you out there sad and disgusted and busted. Hallelujah. The blind man says, I need you. I need you, Jesus. The Bible says, Jesus came by, touched that man. Touched, could you imagine being blind? See, this, Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. That same Jesus that touched that blind, look at all the baggage, look at all the wounds that blind man carried all of his life. Hallelujah. And then Jesus comes and, and, and ooh, man, I love it. The Bible says, hallelujah, that you can cast off uh, your garment of heaviness. Praise God. You can cast off the spirit of heaviness and he'll give you a garment of praise. Could you imagine being blind? All your life and Jesus touch you. I don't know. Boy, I'll tell you what. I will be praising from sundown to sunup. Praise God. I would have went and got all my family. Look, I can see you now. Well, uh, well let's, we'll move on. Some people you don't want to see. Praise God. Hallelujah. I need you, Jesus. I need you. Don't pass by here without touching me. Maybe there's somebody here today. Maybe you've been wounded. Maybe you've been hurt. Jesus, don't, don't pass by without, without touching me. Lord, and, and, and if the Bible says there was a woman with an issue of blood, maybe, maybe you won't touch me, but maybe I can touch you. Hallelujah. And maybe there's so many people around, and, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, I, I, look, I, I don't fit in. Hallelujah. That's, that's what the woman with the alabaster box was probably thinking because, because man, they knew her past. They knew what she had done. Hallelujah. But Jesus accepts everybody. Whosoever will, let him come. Hallelujah. Bring me uh, your tired. Bring me all of those that are wounded. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. He says, I'll give you rest. Hallelujah. We're going through a, a age here now where people are depressed and People are anxious and man, people just, man, they don't, they don't know what to do. Why don't you, why don't you bring all of that to the Prince of Peace? Why don't you just lay it all at the altar? Hallelujah. The religious scholar responded, the neighbor is the one who demonstrated kindness and mercy. Jesus said, go and do the same as he. I'm closing here. Our neighbor,
came to the house. First of all, let me let me tell you that our family, we live in Shelby Township. Our family was the first African-American family on our block. And wow. We got here in 90. We got here in 94. Yeah, I think 94. We got here in 94. We, we came here from Japan. And uh, actually, we were in Toledo for three years, and then we came here uh, to this area. And um, man, we couldn't find a house for nothing. We looked high and low and just couldn't find anything. And just let me just tell you how God, how God is. The last house, because my wife finally said, I ain't going to see no more houses because we can't get one. So she was like, I'm done. I'm not going anymore. But the last house we went to, Sister Esther, uh, the realtor said, well, maybe you'll find a rich uncle and he'll help you to get the money you need to get the house. And so I found this house in Shelby Township. And uh, by that time, Brother Aaron, do you know we ended up getting a rich uncle? For real. We got a real rich uncle. And uh, he was so free with his money, just giving everybody everything. I was like, well, we need some too. <laughs> Actually, he didn't give us the money, but he gave my parents so much money that they were like, here, we're going to help you. And don't tell me you, don't, you won't find favor in the eyes of people. Don't tell me that God won't look out for you. Hallelujah. We paid our tithe and we gave offering. We came to church. Look, I mean, Sister Esther, I remember one year here, I didn't miss not one service. Do they still do that here? Well, they call out people who don't miss any services. I didn't miss not one service. You know what that is? I spent years. I, I say I got the Holy Ghost when I was 16, but at 18, I started. Uh, uh, what, what the old people used to say? Sowing my oats. Yeah, yeah sowing my oats and. I got out there and just joined the Air Force and just, oh, I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it. The way, there is a way that seems right to man, but the end there are other ways. I did my own thing, praise God, but thank God I was out of church all those years, praise God, and it took a praying wife. They got together, Mom Hoffman, every Friday. They prayed for their husbands. And one by one, each of us start coming to the church. She didn't know she was praying for a pastor back then. She didn't know it. She was like, I want my husband to be saved. And look at us now. But I spent so many years out of church that I was like, man, any chance I get to be in the house of the Lord, any chance I get to be around God's people, I'm going to make it happen, praise God. So anyway, I've got, got 12 stories going on. <laughs> Remind me of my pastor. <laughs> praise God. <laughs> so let me get back to it. So, so um, our neighbors, when we moved into this house, praise God, we were able to get it, for those of you who don't know. We were able to get it. Um, and our neighbors were so mean to us. Oh, Lord, have mercy. They were mean. I'm talking. Uh, wow. Yeah. Next door. It, well, he's our neighbor. She helping me preach. The neighbor was so mean to us. And uh, uh, my son had parked his car in front of their house. It leaked oil all in, in front of their, this is on the public street, but he came, he cussed us out so good. 
Brother Parson, he could have won an Academy Award for cussing that day. He cussed us out, I mean, up one side, down the other, and I was just like, ooh, 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 just wounded. And I came home uh, uh, one day, and uh, we saw his wife. They were getting out of the car. She had on a full body cast from uh, her chest up and then her arms. And I was like, oh, man, something must have happened. And, and there would be some people who say, good, <laughs> bless you, that happened to us. But we're children of the most high God. And I looked at my wife, I said, let's do something nice for them today. She's hurt, she's wounded, let's do something nice for them. We went, we bought flowers, we bought a card, we took it over to them after church. We said, we saw that you are uh, you were hurting. We just wanted to bring this to you. And their mouths dropped. That's why the Bible says when you love people that despitefully use you, you heap coals of fire on top of their head because in their mind, they're saying, it's burning their brain up because they're like, how in the world can you love me? How in the world can you care about me when I cussed you out? And this was the kicker. He said, y'all, don't, we don't do that kind of stuff over here. You better go back to where you came from. So as we're there giving them the flowers, their mouths dropped. And we began to tell them where we came from. And uh, from that point on, they, they helped us. They, they were there for us, praise God. And uh, years later, She's knocking at our door and she has on these dark sunglasses and uh, clearly she has a black eye. Her face is bruised, but she's trying to hide it. And that's the world we live in today. You know, we wear these masks, you know, and I, it gets on my nerves sometimes. And we, we had a new person coming into the office at the hospital. And uh, she said, hey, my name is so-and-so. I said, well, I really can't tell who you are because you got your mask on. So if I see you out in the street, I ain't going to know you again. So she pulled her mask down. Hey, this is me. But there are people wearing masks before the mask. There are people covering their bruises and their scars with all kinds of things. She had on these dark sunglasses and, and she was trying to hide her scars. But listen, our scars tell a story. Her words were slurred and, and uh, she was coming to ask us to take her to the store. And I prayed for her all the way to the store. And she came out with this brown paper bag. And she was trying to hide her scars through that brown paper bag and what was in it. We try to hide our scars and, and bind our wounds. The Bible says that Adam and Eve, they, 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 they sold fig leaves together. They, they tried to cover themselves with what they thought was right, but it wasn't what God knew was right, praise God. The Bible says he shed the blood of an animal and he put coats of skin on them to cover them. And you know, God is still covering us today. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. 
The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Not just physically, but mentally, praise God. This transformation should affect your mind. So now he says that you should present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God and be not conformed to this world. Don't don't fit into the mold of this world. Don't 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 you just decide the world is doing it. So it's all right. No, God is saying, you know what? I want you to be like me. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Second Corinthians four, as I close, says this. This is the message. Since God has so generously let us in on what he is doing, we're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into an occasional hard time. And we will not quit or faint with weariness. And it says this, we refuse to wear masks. Hallelujah. That's what that translation says. Lord, I'm not covering up my scars. I'm showing them to you. Hallelujah. Because I know that if I show them to you, just like the leper who came back to worship you, I know that I can be made whole. Hallelujah. He says this. We're not playing any games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes and we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open, the whole truth on display so that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. And then he says this three and four. If our message is obscure to anyone, it's not because we're holding back in any way. No, it's because these other people are looking or going the wrong way and refuse to give it serious attention. All they have, all they have eyes for is the fashionable God of darkness. They think he can give them what they want and they won't have to bother believing a truth they can't see. They're stone blind to the day spring brightness of the message that shines with Christ who gives us the best picture of God will ever get. Our message is not about ourselves. We're proclaiming Jesus the master. All we are is messengers, errand runners from Jesus for you. It started when God said, light up the darkness and our lives filled with light as we saw and understood God in the face of Christ, all bright and beautiful. Why don't you stand with me? One translation says of seven and 12, we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that this immeasurable power will be seen as God, God's, not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. What they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder, what Jesus did among them, he does in us. He lives for our lives are at constant risk for Jesus' sake which makes Jesus's life all the more evident in us. While we're going through the worst, you're getting in on the best. We're not keeping this quiet, not on your life. Just like the psalmist who wrote, I believed it, so I said it. We say what we believe, and what we believe is that the one who raised up the master Jesus will just as certainly raise us up with you alive. Every detail works for your advantage and to God's glory, more and more grace more and more people, more and more 
praise. He says, so we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it looks like things are falling apart on us on the inside where God is making new life. Not a day goes without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the lavish good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things that the things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will live forever. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God.